when either your mobility, your mind, or both decline to the point that you need some help with some of the basics, wouldn't it be great if you could make it work in your own home? This is called aging in place. Today, we outline the pros and cons, the relative costs, some helpful remodeling tips, and some technologies that can make things so much easier. Stay tuned as we discuss all this and more right now on the Retirement Lifestyle Show. Welcome. You are listening to the Retirement Lifestyle Show with Roshan Lungani, Eric Olson, and Adrian Nicholson. This show is an exploration of ideas to help you work toward your ideal retirement. Get ready for the financial independence of your dreams. Welcome to the Retirement Lifestyle Show. I'm one of your co-hosts, Adrian Nicholson, and today I'm joined with Eric Olson, another one of our co-hosts. Our other co-host, Roshan Langani, is unfortunately out, but we're going to tackle the topic together today, Eric. I'm really looking forward to it. Are you all set and ready to go? Oh, I absolutely am. Yes, man. I missed, uh, missed the conversation with you guys last week. Um, that, must have been, that must have been a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. For all, all of our audience and listeners, last week we had a conversation on cryptocurrency. I just recommend you go checking out that episode. It was a really solid one, but I'm also really excited for the one we're going to talk about today, Eric. The topic mm-hmm. is aging in place. And for our listeners and audience that aren't familiar with that, you want to dive us right into it? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, what do you do when you get older and it's getting harder and harder to manage? Uh, one option, as we know, is to move into some sort of institutional setting, whether that's assisted living or, or what have you. But another option is to try to stay in your existing home and make whatever immediate modifications, make it a, a more viable place. Uh, for someone to stay on on a on a long term basis, even while they're aging, and to do so comfortably and safely and in a familiar setting that uh, that allows people to feel that sense of joy in the long run. Exactly, it's a very important aspect of getting older, where you're living, and making sure, like you said, are you comfortable? Does it support and really enhance the lifestyle you're living in? It's a very important area that we're going to talk about today, and there's a lot of components that go into it. So we're going to have a lot of great information and resources today for you all, our listeners. So I'm really excited to get into it. Eric, how do you want to start this off today? Well, I guess I would just say um, it's probably not a surprise to um, our listeners that if you ask most people, hey, would you prefer if, if it were feasible to do so? to stay in your home as you get older, or would you prefer to move into some sort of institutional setting? Hands down, the answer is, oh man, I'd love to just stay in my home as long as I could. I mean, that's obviously where my, maybe my friends are, maybe my family is, certainly it's it's familiar to me, I know it. And, uh, you know, that'd be the place to stay. So the, the question is, is then, is your existing home really well suited for, helping you do that especially you may say it, the answer to that question might be yeah it's well suited at the outset or where i'm at right now in terms of my my progression of, uh, through the aging process but will it be later on so we want to talk about in in this conversation among other things some of the advantages of doing this staying in place and honestly just being 
just being very candid about it, what are some of the disadvantages? We also want to talk about some of the specific steps that you can take, some cheaper, some more expensive, but but most necessary to modify the home so that it is, in fact, workable as a place to live on a sustained basis and to make sure that, you know, you're not uh, you're not left high and dry when the moment of truth may come, you, you fall or or what have you. And then we also just want to point you to a number of kind of cool technology solutions that that can help out with this. And then finally, some resources that are available to point you to um, out out there, whether it's publications or websites or videos or what have you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. Yeah, this is all great stuff, Eric. And you're really looking down the line on this one, just really, as we mentioned before in previous podcasts, starting the planning process on this one is just extremely important. Mm -hmm. because it could really help you start a conversation and really find what's best suited for you. And to make those adjustments along the way can be just very beneficial because with age comes change. And mm -hmm. just being able to prepare for that as best you can can really help with the decision-making process and also help all those people around you and just really enhance and improve where you're living at is just extremely important. So you can just stay there and you don't have to make any tough, tough decisions. So I'm really looking forward to this. Great. Well, let's talk about, I mean, one of the, one of the advantages is, and this actually can be a disadvantage too, depending, but we're going to start looking at some of the advantages of this is it can cost less to stay at home than to go into an institutional setting. I want to point you, our listeners to a website that Adrian and I were looking at uh, prior to the recording the uh, show today. And that is um, by one of the larger companies that focuses on long-term care insurance. It's named genworth.com uh, or genworth. And then the website is genworth.com slash cost of care. So they do an annual survey on a state by state and not a, actually more than just state by state. It gets down into regions, for example, in the state of Illinois, where um, my office is based there. I believe there's some in, somewhere in the neighborhood of about 10 or 15 different regions around the state that they measure. And this is true elsewhere. But the um, what you can see there is what it would cost to have w one or another approach uh, as part of your overall care plan when you're not able to care for yourself. So let me just list some of these. The first would be to have someone come in to your home and help with maybe some homemaker services or some other a home health aid of some kind. And we Adrian, we were looking at your neck of the woods there in the in the DMV area. Um, and what we saw was that the 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 monthly cost to have someone come in for 44 hours a week. And by the way, just listeners note, we're talking about 44, not 168. It's not we're not talking about 24-7 carrier. But someone who could come in, let's say, five days a week for eight, eight, you know, eight hours, something like that, close to nine hours, or what, whatever configuration of time you're looking for. But that in where you are located, Adrian, is around fifty three hundred dollars a month, or said differently, you're looking at you know in the neighborhood of around um, sixty four thousand dollars a year. If you instead said, "Hey, I'm going to," I, I think we can work this out where I sleep at home. Maybe I catch a quick breakfast at home and then I come back in the evenings and I get a bath and maybe dinner. But anyway, during the day, I'm at a senior, um, which we'll call us a, a, a center 
for where seniors can gather and and uh, be cared for and get a lunch and what have you, th that cost is about $2,500 a month. If instead, though, you need to move into an assisted living facility, again, this is in the greater D.C. area. If you needed to move into an assisted living facility there, you're you're looking at about somewhere in the neighborhood of 70 or six thousand dollars a month or seventy two thousand dollars a year. And if you needed instead to move into a skilled nursing facility, where depends on whether you take a private room or a semi private room. But let's assume that you could manage in a semi private room in such a facility that's in the neighborhood of almost $12,000 a year, or pardon me, a month, I meant to say, or somewhere in the neighborhood of $140,000 a year. With costs like that, you can see immediately, wow, if we could get this job done for a lot less at home and maybe get by without necessarily even that 44 hours a week, wow, what, a, what an amazing cost savings that would be. So certainly number one is cost. Adrian, any comments yeah. about that? I mean, that definitely is uh, going to be a very important thing to consider is the cost aspect of it. So just mm -hmm. two things that just really popped up and just I wanted to zero in on for our audiences, the listeners. The first thing you have to look at is just the location where you are. And then the second thing you have to look at, too, is the type of care or what degree of care do you need right now? Mm -hmm and consider how that will change over time and just really map out and plan what those costs are going to be. If the mm -hmm. costs are going to be, if you expect the costs to be very expensive throughout the next couple of years or in the future, you have time to really plan for it. So just going back to what I had said, starting the planning process is extremely important so you don't run into any costs that make it very stressful when you're deciding on this or looking at areas that can, that can help. So location and how much care you need are really the starting points to this discussion. Yeah. So, and, and just let's touch on just a few other advantages of this as well, Adrian. So one is obviously if you're in a place that you've lived for five, 10, 15, 20, 40 years, it's going to be a lot more just familiar to you and presumably more comfortable because we assume that you've structured your home to be comfortable for you in the first place. So for many people, as we age, especially if there's some degree of cognitive decline, then having that sense of familiarity and comfort can be really, really useful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Another... some of the biggest purchases mm -hmm. people make, the, the home that they live in. And there's some people that build their home just exactly how they want it to mm -hmm. for when they stop working. So the emotional attachment to it is huge. And this is why this topic is a very big one that a majority of people have to just work through and plan through and just figure out the, the best fit for them because you don't want to wait to the last minute or just make any tough decisions or you really want to lay out all you can for this so you can make the best possible decision, not only for you, but also just for everyone around you that's helping you out or just that might go through this process as well. So the comfortability aspect of it and just how long you've been here are just going to be things that really affect your decisions. Good. Another thing I think that's an advantage to be that's worth noting is the impact on memory loss. So it, there is some evidence that moving into a setting where your social network is disrupted and now you're at, even though you might be surrounded by a lot of people, you don't really have relationships with those people. They're just sort of your 
passing kind of one uh, passing by one another and, and particularly as your memory declines if that happens you know that that's your journey it can be a lot harder to form new friendships and as a result even though you might be surrounded by many people if you're not really able to enter into developing new meaningful relationships that sense of social isolation can actually uh accelerate the process of cognitive decline. So assuming this is an important assumption, assuming that you have some intact social relationships at home or in your neighborhood, and that those are ones that you can, you're not sort of closed off to now because of perhaps mobility issues or whatever, but you're still engaging with people, staying at home may help you uh, forestall the, the, the acceleration of that cognitive decline at one level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, it's a routine. And if you have that disrupted, you could go from one setting that you're very comfortable with that you've developed over the years. That's mm -hmm. a big part of your lifestyle. If that kind of gets uprooted and, and changed, or you have to make that change, it could be, there could be some physical, emotional and, and mental consequences to that. So that's also something that people really need to consider and look at because at this point in your life, some people have developed some, they call it some support groups, just people that are around them that, that they have their daily interactions with, that they communicate with or go to social events with. And that's a big part of their routine and their lifestyle and their, and their daily lives. So a change to that can really affect somebody's lifestyle. So that's a really good one. And that's a really important one too, that people... Mm -hmm that's fairly new too as well that people really need to take a take a look at because having those groups that you can just go to and just that are also people that are maybe in the similar situation as you can really be beneficial yeah and then there's one last thing i want to mention in terms of some of these advantages which just i think shouldn't be overlooked is that there is there is I think value for a lot of people. Part of what we treasure as adults is the capacity to have self determination, and the more of that self determination that you have to forfeit for some people, that can really be upsetting. Um, you know, I'm going to just give an example. So I've mentioned I think in previous conversations about the journey that my dad took, which um, involved care at home, and then ultimately having to have some sort of assisted living facility. My mom moved into an independent living facility. My mother-in-law moved into uh, an assisted living facility, et cetera. And so I've you know, seen a lot of this. Both of my maternal grandparents were also in that you know, same sort of story. So, but what happens is, is it, if you're, uh, this isn't to knock the, the institutional settings, by the way, I believe there's great value in them. But if you can well understand if you're managing one of those, you do have to, care for you know the well-being of your people and in some cases what that means is is that you have to limit some of the sort of unrestrained freedom so one of the things for example for my mother-in-law that had to be worked out was how far is she able to take walks because she likes to take walks how far is she able to walk my mom was in the same situation how far could she take her walks and um you know the so what the, what it's led to is a little bit of tension in both of those cases about the, um, the institutionally imposed limits on all of that. So aging in place uh, means it includes the ability potentially to have greater self-determination on a lot of levels. When you wake up, when you eat, uh, what you eat, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the independence aspect of it is 
is very big. But again, that's why we're going to touch on this later on in the episode, that you really need to make sure that place that you are in can, can support this routine, this independence, this daily life that you live. Just not only just support it, but whenever possible, make it better. And that's something that everybody is really looking forward to. Mm -hmm. All right. So what are some of the downsides? Well, we've made a lot of assumptions in what we said so far. Number one, that your place is safe to live. Number two, that you have relationships around. Number three, you know, that your home presumably is one that you can modify and uh, and doesn't isn't already in sort of a state of deterioration that requires a lot of maintenance, that you have loved mm -hmm. ones in close enough proximity that they can help you with some of the sorts of things that you have. So let's just let's just reverse some of those assumptions or at least question some of those assumptions. If you don't have anybody nearby and you may be in, actually by virtue of mobility limitations or cognitive limitations staying in your home, you may find yourself actually more isolated than if you went into that institutional setting. Number two, I said, yeah, hey, I had, what was it in your neighborhood, uh, Adrian, $5,300 a month or so for care at home, but that's for 44 hours. What if you need, what if you need round the clock availability? Okay. Now take that $5,300 a month and multiply it times four or more or less. You're talking about $21,000 a month or nearly a quarter of a million dollars on an annual basis to have that care. It's the, in that case, then the assisted living facility is going to be dramatically less expensive than would be uh, true there. If what if you have even if you're not feeling necessarily socially isolated, but you have mobility limitations that make it difficult for you to get out and get groceries to get if you need to do so to get to you know the doctor or to get to the to the bank or whatever the case might be, uh, you, th this can be a challenge as well. And what if you're not able and cognitively any longer to do little things like answer the phone or do check an email or respond to an email, you know, uh, the, which I'm not using these as just hypotheticals. These are, you know, I'm seeing these in, in the generations before me. So it is, uh, it, it, it can be a challenge in some of these areas. Mm -hmm. A good place for maybe our audience listeners to start with this is maybe just create a list of things that are very important to you and prioritize that list because that mm -hmm. can really help you with this planning process as well. Mm -hmm. Just see, uh, just test drive and just see what a week looks like for you. What are you doing? Who are you interacting with? And if these are your utmost important things, then this is something that you need to tailor this process to just to make sure that as you get older, as you're going through some changes, you're still able to do these things that are really important to your everyday life. So planning us out and creating a list can really help you when you're making this decision. Mm -hmm. So true. That is so true. So let's talk about some of the, the solutions to all of this. And one of these is um, talking about uh, modifications to your home. So I'm just going to talk about the, these are examples. This is not an exhaustive list. And I'm going to point you when we talk about resources, I'm going to point you to some exhaustive lists so that you, if, if you wish to uh, pursue this in more detail, you certainly can. But just think about just some little things about having changes in your home. So I, I think we're all familiar with the fact that the uh, bathrooms can be a place which can be a challenge for some people. Um, for example, getting up and, you know, up and down to use the, use the uh, 
toilet or to get in and out of the shower or the the bathtub and things of this nature. So just at a very rudimentary level there to have a walk-in tub, to have grab bars that you can get hold of, to have the, the, the sorts of toilets that are not so low to the ground that, you know, you really, it makes it just that much harder to get, get, um, back onto your feet, et cetera. Uh, those are some things that you can do, but just in other places around the house, just who would, who would think of this sort of thing? If let's say you have area rugs, who doesn't, you know, everybody's got an area rug someplace. Area rugs though, just that slight difference in elevation can be a tripping hazard for an older person or an area rug that's, that slips and slides on an otherwise relatively smooth hardwood floor or tile floor. You can step on that little, <laughs> that, that area rug and suddenly whoosh, you get this, this slide effect and down you go. So of helping, helping, um, of prevent falls is vital. What about even just by the front or back door or in coming in from the garage? If it's a tile or hardwood floor and there's water typically that comes in when you know, it's raining outside and you walk in, now you've got water there. It's slippery. Again, boom, potentially a fall. So how can you put down some of those, let's say some no skid strips of that nature? What about even opening a door? It's, it's a harder thing to twist a doorknob than it is to hit one of those levers. So maybe just going through and changing all of the, the handles on all the doors uh, in, in th throughout the house, those sorts of things. Adrian, any other sort of thoughts about remodeling? So one that I thought that was interesting that came up was uh, somebody set up a, just a chair in their kitchen for whenever they were cooking, just to make mm -hmm. it a little bit easier on them. Mm -hmm. um, I think you met, mentioned this, or when we were mentioning in our prep, just having something that can take you upstairs like a, a electric chair or something like that i've seen somebody in our area actually trying to build in an elevator in their mm -hmm. home just kind of do a walkthrough of your home and just see what are potential hazards or what things can make living there easier just easier access mobility because again we'll we keep mentioning that you're going to be going through some changes so something that might not be an issue now could be one in the future so just making note of that and just looking online and looking at different resources just to see what you could change or adjust in your home just to make it safer for you because mm -hmm. that's all that's what these things are do to make it easier for you to live and safer in, in it for you to live and just keep you from potential injuries or falls or whatever it may be that can really just disrupt and alter your lifestyle so that's something yeah. that's really important i really appreciate you sharing that list eric sure. that was a solid one um, and now we're all familiar with what's happened in the wake of COVID and the fact that a lot of uh, help wanted ads are being um, unanswered. And this has certainly affected the uh, home care industry as well. And so one of the responses that had already been in motion prior to the, um, the sort of reduction in available people for, for home care in the wake of COVID that has really been, that has also then been accelerated by this process is in the area of various technologies to help people manage in their homes. And, and just as importantly, in many cases to have their loved ones be able to, to know without having to drop by at all times or stay with them at all times that indeed mom or dad at home is, is doing okay. So there's been 
a, a big expansion of technologies. I just want to cite a few of these. Number one, and these uh, these uh, first two are examples that come directly from my own experience. But one is to have a um, one is to have a device when your the your loved one, your mom or your dad in this case, is finding it increasingly difficult to just even figure out how to answer the phone in a timely way. I mean, I'm going to just this is very. If the if you're, there's no longer a, a hard line phone and everybody's using a mobile phone or you know this sort of thing, that implies or at least assumes that you're regularly charging that phone. What if you're not? What if you just don't remember to charge your phone? Somebody rings you and it just goes straight to voicemail because the phone is dead and not on, or it gets the phone gets misplaced or things of this nature. So, what we did in the case of my mother-in-law was to um, use one such technology that solves that problem. Now, this is not, I'm not promoting these people. I have no re business relationship with them at all. It's just the one that we elected to, to choose, but there are many other good options that are out there. Um, and some of them, they'd be names that you know. But one of them, the, the, ultimately the tool that we went with was a company called ViewClicks. That's View, C-L-I-X. And ViewClicks, gives you a couple of options, a larger screen, a smaller screen. We went with the larger screen. And what the larger screen allows uh, you to do is one of the loved ones that determines who has access to this and what level of access that they have to this. But it can be and it, that it, it's, um, it rings through to this, what looks like a computer monitor, essentially with speakers attached. And then the love, the, you know, the, in this case, my mother-in-law would just go hit a touchscreen button that approves the call to be answered. So it doesn't have to find anything. It's sitting on our dining room table. Um, and with that, then she's able, it has a microphone on it. It has speakers. She, and, and she can, it's got a camera on it. She can see who's calling her and they can see her. That level of being able to have a facial interaction as opposed to merely a telephone interaction has been shown to also be very reassuring to the person who's in that, in that, spot and uh just as sometimes you know in the absence of a facial expression it's sometimes a little harder for each side to read what the other is saying or it, it, it can just be harder in that in that case but you can go one step further with this sort of technology which is to instead of having to have that call in be approved especially if your loved one is getting to the point where it's even hard and it's challenging for them to get to that device and approve the receipt of that call you can just have it be instant on and you're you're live and you're you're talking through the device into your parents' home or your loved one's home so that they can then hear your voice and then come over, take a seat, sit in front of it and have the conversation with you. So that's one. I won't give as much detail on some of these others, but there are there are motion sensors, there are cameras, there are um, medicine dispensers. I mean, for example, one that will there's any number of these medical medicine dispensers, but you can have it so that it uh, dispenses any level of complexity in these pills. It just drops into a little little tray or a cup at, at a certain prescribed time. And if the loved one doesn't take that cup within a certain period of time, let's say the next two or three hours to take those medications, then it sends a text to the whomever is designated as the responsible party to monitor this, that, hey, your mom or your dad hasn't taken her pills uh, yet today. Maybe something's up. Maybe check in with them. So these these sorts of there's 
And I could go on and on with the list of technologies. In fact, there is a really, I think, interesting website. I'm not usually, we're not trying to promote other people, but I thought that this one website was really an excellent one. It's called ageinplacetech.com, ageinplacetech.com. And uh, I think you might find the, the blog posts by the author there, uh, Lori Orlov, to be really, um, really useful. Mm-hmm. So yeah, any valuable. other thoughts about tech? I mean, it's very valuable. I mean, the first starting point is just you got to get comfortable with technology as it's progressing because it can be very beneficial just to really help out in case there's an emergency or just get some assistance whenever you need it. Because, again, kind of tying to the previous section we just talked about where you can keep all these or go around your home and make sure that it's safe, easy to access, and there's mobility. But we're not naive to the aspect that accidents do happen, emergencies do arise. So just having technology there as a way to back up anything that can happen is very important. And just being making sure you're comfortable or finding the right thing for whatever situation you are in is very valuable and can really help out like I mentioned, in an emergency or if you just want to check in on somebody, it could it really can pay dividends for you just to really look at these new technology that comes out, these resources to provide a safer place for you to be in and have some assistance whenever you, you do need it. So it's very important. That's really the theme on why technology is an important part of when you're talking about aging in place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I want to point you to some uh, resources that uh, you can pursue. Now, we're going to list these things in the show notes, so you'll be able to go get the actual links. But just to kind of give you a preview of some of the things that you'll be able to find there, or if you're not prone to go track down our show notes, then if you've got a good memory or you've got a pencil and pen right now, you can write some of these things down. But um, in terms of ideas um, and checklists, I think that's always useful. Um, One of the one of the checklists that I think uh, there's an entire like 18 page booklet that will walk you through all of these sorts of things. It's from aginginplaceplan.ca. This is from Canada, aginginplaceplan.ca. You can go there and you'll be able to find the Aging in Place Toolkit. So this was prepared by a couple uh, nonprofits there and it just goes through health, home, transportation, finances, connection, safety, support services, community. And then if you're still, you know, your loved one is still married uh, or, or in a relationship of important relationship, then uh, this, it goes through some of those questions as well. So that's one really wonderful thing that can walk you through it. Another is Harvard University's um, um, put a number of publications together on this. And so one of these is at health.harvard.edu. And they have a little booklet that you can purchase on aging in place. So uh, we'll have the link to that, but it's at Harvard uh, University on aging in place. If you are thinking, okay, well, what about some specific modifications to the home? Let, you know, in going into more detail there, Architectural Digest uh, has an online resource, architecturaldigest.com slash story slash aging hyphen in hyphen place hyphen guide. So uh, it's a, it's another useful guide. And we could go down a number of these other sorts of things. But you, if you just um, we'll go to our go to our webpage, which is retirementlifestyleshow.com, 
look for this most recent episode. If you're hearing this weeks after we've recorded it, you can go up to the all episodes tab up at the top and search in reverse chronological order and um, and then find the the notes page there and you'll be able to track down all of these links. So um, the I guess the last couple of things I'll mention in that respect that I find also or found also to be useful is that the National Institute of Health has a National Institute of Aging. And so they have resources there. And then finally, one, and, and I'm sure there are many other nonprofits, I'm not trying to single them out, but I just felt like that the resources that I saw there were particularly, um, um, there's a great breadth to them and a lot of thought to them. The, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, ELCA, has a website devoted to this topic called um, the Good Samaritan Society, I think it is. And so it's the website there is www.good-sam.com. And you can find up at the top this resources tab, and there's tons of resources that are available there as well. Awesome. Great. Thanks for sharing all that information, Eric. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a very important topic and just having the the information, the resources, any type of ideas out there can really help along with the planning process. And any listeners or viewers, if you have any other questions, we're available. Our show our information is in the show notes along with our website and information. Please like and subscribe. Tell your friends and family. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. I hope you gained some valuable information on the topic aging in place. And we'll be back with you next week for another great episode. Schedule a conversation with Roshan, Adrian, or Eric today at retirementlifestyleshow.com. Roshan and Eric are certified financial planner practitioners. They, along with Adrian, are investment advisor representatives and serve clients across the U.S. with financial planning and investment advice through RTA Wealth. If you found this show helpful, gain knowledge, or enjoy the time you spent with us, tell your friends and leave us a five-star review. This will help others discover the show. To access our show notes, to download any of the tools mentioned in today's podcast, to ask us a question, or to schedule a conversation, go to retirementlifestyleshow.com. All opinions expressed by podcast hosts and guests are solely their own. While based on information they believe is reliable, neither Arate Wealth nor its affiliates warrants its completeness or accuracy, nor do their opinions reflect the opinion of Arate Wealth. This podcast is for general informational purposes only and should not be regarded as specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Before making any decisions, consult a professional. The show hosts offer investment advice through Arate Wealth Advisors, LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor and securities through RTA Wealth Management, LLC, member FEMRA, SIPC, and NFA. Finally, our music is The Chance by Jason Shaw in Audionautics. It's part of the YouTube Audio Library, and it's licensed under a Creative Commons license. I am Ray Voices. Thank you for listening. <laughs>